Good morning, dear Dharma friends. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Well, today it does feel like Groundhog Day to me. Um, it's another beautiful day. Wish it was easy to move the camera. I have a fence around the new grass where this tent used to be and um, there's little droplets on, on the horizontal pieces of fence. You know what it looks like. You can create an image of them. And the sun is behind them. So each one is an iridescent, brilliant spot. Quite remarkable. It's wonderful to have vision this morning. Wonderful, grateful. I got to get up and do the morning ritual. Jennifer stayed in bed and I got to make the coffee and take it down the hall doing the cry of the Indian coffee walla. The coffee, 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 which I've been doing for about a decade now when I get the chance when she stays in bed so I can do it. So here it is, we're awake again. We're awake from sleep and also, we can be awake from our slumber of greed, hatred, and ignorance. So thank you for coming. I, uh, I mean, who gets to get up in the morning and have coffee in a nice comfy place and then walk out into the backyard tent and then get together with friends to meditate? I mean, who gets to have that? That's just... It's too cool. Absolutely too cool. So let's join in a little, <laughs> a little song. I just thought of Mr. Rogers. He's one of my great heroes. It's important to, I think, it's important for me to pause. We have this little ritual of singing this cute little song. But it's really profound. I feel like my, my life for the last 50 years has been trying to Take refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha. More and more realizing that everything else, really everything else, is temporary. It's hard to let that in. why we get surprised when we get sick or when someone dies. How could it happen? Well, of course it happens. Uh, 
I take refuge in the Buddha, the one who shows me the way in this life. Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya. I take refuge in the Dharma, the way of understanding and love. Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of mindful harmony. Namo Sanghaya, Namo Sanghaya, Namo Sanghaya. Let's join the millions of people who down through time have heeded the call from within. There is something that calls you, isn't there? There's an intuition, a premonition, a sense of Yes, this is, this is the way. This is the way for me to be really happy and free from suffering. <clears throat> it doesn't have to do with achievement or gathering together stuff. It has to do with just being here in this moment. What a relief.
So what is your ritual for beginning? I like to clarify my intention. I want to be awake here. I aspire to love and accept myself exactly as I am in each moment, this moment. Most probably, most times my intention is I'll use the breath for some stability, concentration, and then open up to just whatever is arising. I like to check in with the feet. Life, in this instance, a little cool from a breeze. life in the hands. Lots of life there. The life in the face. There is awareness and life. And home to the breath. The natural communion of this body with all of life. Each breath has its moment of birth. It comes into being. It lives its lifetime and then it vanishes. Mindfulness is our 
superpower. It's so powerful that it can cut through greed, hatred, and ignorance that have driven this <clears throat> process of staying alive for a lifetime and actually for billions of years of life. Mindfulness is the quality that sets us free. We mix it with curiosity and persistence and joy and tranquility and concentration and equanimity. And we have a wonderful soup of awakening. <clears throat> it's mindfulness that notices, that awakens when the mind is wandering. It's mindfulness that remembers to do this. It's mindfulness that remembers, well, my intention is to stay with the breath, home in the body. When sounds come to notice sounds, when thoughts come to notice thoughts. <clears throat> And to do all of this with no violence, no coercion even. It's really to participate in the natural awakening of which I am part.
each breath, every life experience has a beginning. It has its rising to fullness. Come home to it. Come home to yourself. This is creative work that only you can do. <coughs> you have all the tools that are needed. And it behooves us to practice with small things, small challenges. There will be plenty of big ones. There will be challenges where we wonder, can I even face this? And yes, in fact, we can. And we develop, we develop a meditative capacity, which is resilient. Coming home to here and now. The mind may be wandering or it may be quiet. There may be a sense of purpose this morning and clarity and meaning, or this might be one of those moments of wondering, what am I doing here? Maybe a day in which the relationship or relationships that surround you are relatively at ease or maybe very pleasant even. Or there could be deep questions or discomfort or conflict. This is the nature of life. And we can stabilize ourselves here now with this breath.
We practice with what the Buddha termed bare attention. In fact, we're not even really paying attention to the breath, which doesn't exist. By the, by the time the middle of the breath is reached, the beginning is gone. So what, how could we pay attention to the breath? But we can pay attention to the sensations of life, which are created in the act of breathing. And so our experience is very poignant, precise, this. As Achan Cha put it, this moment is like this. What if it's true that there really is nowhere to get to? That this moment is the only important moment. 
It's not that you're meditating now so that this afternoon in that meeting you'll be more conscious or you're meditating now so you'll stop being so irritable with the children or you're meditating now so your blood pressure will go down. These are all useful strategies and applications. But what's really true? Right now there's this. And let us practice with an attitude of love. Not the love of romance. <clears throat> A much less exciting love than that. The love of holding ourselves in an infinite embrace. Consider yourself what you are, a one-of-a-kind creature, a being, in an infinity of universe. And your presence here is unique, extraordinary. and worthy of all the love you can possibly transmit through your entire being. Probably in your psychological, emotional, neurotic structure, there's some self-hatred, some self-judgment, loving even that, making room for everything. And the great mantra, I love you with your name at the end. <clears throat> Perhaps your name when you were a small child. 
Or if in this lifetime you've experienced some trauma that you carry with you, which most or all of us do, some event or events happen that were beyond your capacity to metabolize them. Love that part of yourself. The limited part, the limiting part. So on the in-breath, the blessing can be whatever it would be for you. What would you like to say to yourself in your best moments? And then on the out-breath, offering that to someone else. Someone that's easy to love, perhaps. Maybe a teacher that you've had in your lifetime. Maybe a pet. Lie back in the arms of love. <clears throat> with each breath relaxing more. <clears throat> more and more here into the present moment, into the love which is your true nature. And if there's resistance to this, then why not love that too? It's all part of us. And coming now to that moment when you realize I'm going to surface now, I'm going to move on to the next thing in my life. Notice the intention to let the eyes open. Seeing, perhaps at some point stretching, but let the transition into what we think of as daily life be smooth and incorporate the intention to be mindful in all activities. I had a poem this morning. I think I'll share it with you now. I thought of this, I was reflecting on the last few days on the, the, the move toward individuation and autonomy to, to being able to let people have their own feelings, to let our loved ones have their own feelings and experiences and not, neither have to rescue them nor feel bad with them. And the reflections on death are very helpful with that because these people that are so close to us, so important to us, are the persons who in this lifetime played the role of that person. And they're coming and they're going. <clears throat> this is a little longer. I'm going to read it just once. Aboriginal Landscape. It's by Louise Gluck. You're stepping on your father, my mother said. 
and indeed I was standing exactly in the center of a bed of grass, mown so neatly it could have been my father's grave, although there was no stone saying so. You're stepping on your father, she repeated louder this time, which began to be strange to me, since she was dead herself, even the doctor had admitted it. I moved slightly to the side to where my father ended and my mother began. The cemetery was silent. Wind blew through the trees. I could hear very faintly sounds of weeping several rows away, and beyond that, a dog wailing. At length, these sounds abated. It crossed my mind I had no memory of being driven here to what now seemed a cemetery, though it could have been a cemetery in my mind only. Perhaps it was a park, or if not a park, a garden or bower perfumed, I now realized, with the scent of, scent of roses, Douceur de vivre, filling the air, the sweetness of living, as the saying goes. At some point, it occurred to me I was alone. Where had the others gone? My cousins and sister, Caitlin and Abigail? By now, the light was fading. Where was the car waiting to take us home? I then began seeking for some alternative. I felt an impatience growing in me, approaching. I would say anxiety. Finally, in the distance, I made out a small train. Stopped, it seemed, behind some foliage. The conductor, lingering against the doorframe, smoked a cigarette. Do not forget me, I cried, running now over the many plots, the many mothers and fathers. Do not forget me, I cried, when at last I reached him. Madam, he said, pointing to the tracks, surely you realize this is the end. The tracks do not go further. His words were harsh, and yet his eyes were kind. This encouraged me to press my case harder, but they go back, I said, and I remarked their sturdiness as though they had many such returns ahead of them. You know, he said, our work is difficult. We confront much sorrow and disappointment. He gazed at me with increasing frankness. I was like you once, he added, in love with, turbulent, in love with turbulence. Now I spoke as to an old friend. What of you, I said, since he was free to leave? Have you no wish to go home to see the city again? This is my home, he said. The city, the city is where I disappear. <clears throat> we have this moment. Perhaps I'll re remind us, some of you knew maybe Diana Rummelhai. She came to these morning um, gatherings really a lot. Um, often she didn't have her, her camera on, but there she was day after day. And a few days ago, I, two days ago, I received an, the announcement from her husband that she had suddenly died. She had a heart attack one day and died in the hospital the next day. Poof. I don't know how many years she's been around PIMC. It's been a while. Jennifer remembers inviting her to my birth, my surprise birthday party two years ago. So at any moment, we could be stepping off the train. So why would we not be loving of each other? 
I talked to someone, a man who went down a couple of nights ago down in Portland to the uh, the federal building and watched the watched the um, events there, and he said he got a glimpse of the faces of the federal troops as they were rushing out of the building to drive the protesters away for another a block. They came out, drove the protest, protesters a block away, came back and went back in the building. And he said, they, they, they are young boys frightened. And covering it with anger, of course. And as is true with everyone there really. So whatever we do in terms of activism, let us open our hearts to ourselves and the, this, the beauty and the suffering of this moment, because it's what we have. And the, the very dukkha of that is what wakes us up as we awaken to it. I have a couple of announcements. <laughs> One of them is this picture that I just got. Take a, get a load of this if it'll work. Can you tell me if, is there a picture up there now? No. Well, I don't, I, I, this is frustrating. I selected it and it didn't go to the right place. Let me try one more time. Uh, no, I'll skip that and I'm going to go to this. All right. How about that? Is there a picture? Now, I can't see anybody. Could someone speak? Is the going deeper thing up here? Yes. Okay, good. Saturday, August 1st. Isn't this a gorgeous image? Uh, this was made by Molly Balin, who's Gregory's wife and our graphic designer media person. It's really quite incredible. There's Candle. There's me. And uh, this is coming up soon, Saturday, August the 1st. Please consider coming to participate in that. You will not regret it. It'll be a great day. Then there's another thing to share, which is this. Let's see if you get a picture. Have you got a picture, a different picture? No, yes? Yeah, it's doing something. <laughs> oh, I see. Is Mine it said you started screen sharing. Huh. That's it. Maybe try again. Try again. That's a familiar thing, isn't it? Why not try again? Here we go. How about now? Now it's all white. Oh. Oh, well. It I'll says pinch out for a bigger view. <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, I'll describe it instead. There's a picture of a book cover. It's green. <laughs> it says, Mindfulness for a Happy Life by Robert Beattie with Laura Musikansky. I'm told it's a great read. 
And lastly, I'll just come back to you guys here. This is silly to try to do that. It's frustrating that it doesn't work. Mildly frustrating. Um, here you go, Robert. Oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, good. They're everywhere. They're, they're all over the place. And uh, if, you, if you purchase from Amazon, uh, please consider writing a review because the reviews make a big difference somehow. Um, I guess that's enough. Enough advertising. I wish I could show you the, I'm going to try one more time this beautiful new picture that I was gifted with. Is that showing a picture? Nope. Ha. Well, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. Oh, here we are. There. It Yes. Is that not yes. a nice picture? Oh. I think I would call it home. So that was the other day I was in the, in the mountains with Chris and Takaki, uh, who are creating the... Um, um, what's it called? Documentary about PIMC and me and us and our journey back to the center. So what's up with you folks? I'd like to open up to your sharing, to your questions, to your discoveries, to your setbacks. What's it like being you as a human today? Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Sangha. Jessica uh, and Michael, you know, hello. Two days in a row here is a little nuts, but it was interesting because this morning, for the first time in quite a while, and who knows why, um, huge encounter with doubt. It was just interesting. But I didn't freak out. I just kind of thought, okay, this is, this is the chance to really just look at it and go, oh, hello, welcome. It felt kind of weird, um, but it did seem to really help. And it was, it was interesting because I really honestly couldn't quite figure out why doubt came in so strong. Um, but, but, but at the end of it, it was kind of like, okay, there you are. I, I, I think I love you. Um, but it all settled down and, and I was able to return to my breath. It was just interesting because I will say at least this time when doubt really came in and it's been a while, um, it was almost like, yeah, I could really see it and begin to feel it. I felt it in my chest first and then, uh, and then I just kind of watched it move around. I don't know. It was just interesting, but I had to kind of laugh after yesterday morning. I had such a very, you know, loving almost blissful experience and it was like wow okay that pendulum took a big swing so <laughs> watch out the... on, i guess <laughs> so can, can you was there content to the doubt that's, that's shareable throughout the content i think uh -huh. just... i couldn't quite sort it out uh -huh. so i just figured okay you'll let me know if there's something really great really at play yay thank so, you thanks Thank <laughs> you. 
<laughs> I, uh, I'm sitting here looking at the two of you. I, I, I like seeing the two of you sitting there together. And, and um, I've, been, I've been trying to figure out what is it that I like so much about this medium as compared with meeting at the center. And uh, how often do I get to sit in your living room this close to you and and speak of the Dharma together. It's it's really a very in a certain way, it's really quite luxurious and beautiful and intimate. So thank you for thank you for inviting me into your living room. Morning, Robert. It's Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Morning. I had an, an interesting experience in the night. Um, I, um, my body has um, difficulty with. Uh, I'm. I lack. I lack. Oh dear! I can't come up with the words. Um, I don't drink enough water, and so sometimes in the night I have terrible cramps in my legs or my feet. Um, I've been really trying hard to, to watch my intake to, to drink more fluids throughout the day and then that doesn't happen. But obviously I wasn't very good at that. So it happened last night and this time it was my toes and my arch and my foot and it just started cramping. Normally, I would just leap out of bed and start walking around to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, Robert talks about allowing the pain, finding out what that's about. This is in the middle of the night. I woke out of a sound sleep. And I thought, I'm just going to go there and see what happens. And it kept cramping, 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 and got so tight. And then it, you know, it hurts. It hurts mm -hmm. a lot. But I just looked at it and watched it and it went away without leaping out of bed and whoa <laughs> it was i found it quite extraordinary thank you my dear yes thank you The more stable the mind is, the more we understand and have some mastery of concentration, mindfulness, equanimity, tranquility. When events like that come along, there's, and, and curiosity, when events like that come along, we're, we're more likely to say, hmm, what's happening here? What you know? Maybe I met a, Maybe I. Maybe I need to jump up and get my feet on the floor and stretch that muscle. That may be one strategy, but, or maybe I need to get out of bed and go get the medication or whatever. But sometimes, sometimes we can't do that. And then, the the capacity to simply say, "All right, this is scary and weird, but I am going to just be here in my 
consciousness and pay attention to this. Really powerful. I funny I have this silly term, but life throws these bowling balls down the alley and some of them are small and they're easy to work with and some of them are medium sized and some of them are just humongous. And I, I think it's wise to practice with the little ones and the medium sized ones and so on. Stephen Levine put it, uh, it's, it's, it's really important to practice now with the little pains of life because if you wait till you're dying, it will be like having Jimi Hendrix playing out of hu super huge speakers right around your ears. How do you pay attention then? Why not start small? So congratulations, that seems like a really uh, a great learning moment. Hello, Robert. This is Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hi. I have a question about something you just said. I've, I've heard it said that people die as they have lived. And you mentioned that the big bowling balls are the ones that, that, that dying is like a big bowling ball that comes down. And I think that in your position, you probably have more experience with that and seeing people's, you know, seeing people's experience with that. And I just wondered if you could, could comment on that a little bit more. I think it's true too that we age as we've lived, that we, we, um, if we're curious and we're exploring life, we tend to get <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. And I've, I've seen, um, I, what do I want to say? I've seen uh, in, in my limited experience of watching people through aging and dying that unless there's a willingness and a, a training of heart and mind for opening, then what happens is closing. And there's less and less willingness to talk about anything or to, 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 to avoid the end of life conversations, to avoid the conversations about parting and, and therefore also to, to avoid the conversations about opening. And um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a liberty here. Uh, somewhere on the screen is Russell Freeland, my dear beloved friend of so many years. And uh, Russ's uh, wife, Nancy, got cancer and we got to talk through her passing. And, and uh, oh, here's the tears. Theirs was a beautiful example of a couple who, who um, used the last months to have an, a, a, an exquisite opening, the most, the most intimate years, as Russ has said before, uh, of their lives. They touched into what marriage can be and what, what relationship really can be, which is a mutual opening. And that both of them had the propensity to be doing that. And so at the end, they had the opportunity to really do it. But if we don't have that propensity and we're not practicing it, some, I, I'm heard there are on occasions, you know, remarkable openings at, near the end. But, but we tend to continue doing what we've been doing our whole life. Hence the notion, why not practice now? and practice opening more and more and more now, and being willing to face what's happening now. That makes sense? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Russell, my friend, I trust that was okay. Yeah. It was so beautiful watching you guys. I could I, I I can share this with what's our time? Oh yeah, we have another moment or two or three. Um, I was I worked as a social worker for uh, a hospice here in Portland, and mostly I was a rubber stamp. They they needed someone. They needed the family to see a social worker to get Medicare Medicare payment. So I would go and meet the family and do a psychosocial assessment, and then they could get care. Um, I, I developed a, a wonderful strategy for getting the information from the couple. It was mostly people south of Portland. Um, doesn't, that doesn't matter, does it? Uh, but I would go, and they'd been married for 50 years or, 50, or 60 years and some long, long marriages. And my strategy was I would go in and I would s admire them a little bit and, and then say, you've been married for 50-some years. Uh, I've been married for 12 What's your secret? How have you done it? And all of a sudden, the stories came out. And that and it would give me plenty to write my, quote, psychosocial assessment. Anyway, uh, in one instance, I was called. There was an elderly gentleman who was Catholic, who had a little shrine, a Catholic shrine around him. So I wound up speaking Catholic vocabulary with him. And I came in, and they had reduced his medication. So he was in, he had... Um, metastatic uh, cancer in the spine. And so he had, you know, the containers of the spinal cord, the, the bones, he had cancer in there growing and kind of blowing it apart, which is really painful. And they were doing what they could with medication and radiation and so on, but he was dying imminently. Even with the medication reduced, when I came in, he was gritting his teeth and tense and just, and uh, I offered to uh, to to uh, to breathe with him. I said, "Why don't you? Why don't we try this?" And um, 
And as I said, you just relax, just and breathe, and I'll breathe with you. And on the out breath, when you breathe out, I will make a sound, ah. So I was doing the ah breath with him. And he breathed in, and I'd breathe in. And then as he breathed out, I, at the very moment when he started to breathe out, I would join him, ah. Uh, if a person if a person is breathing really fast, you can breathe every second breath with them. What's important that is that you relaxedly pay attention to them, and the person who's lying down gets it's a a remarkably intimate thing to do. If you if you have a friend or a lover uh, you'd like to be really close with, try this with them. They'll know the moment your mind wanders, and that because you miss them. But then they'll also know it when you're really there. Uh, it's it's a uh, a marvelous intimacy creator. You sit not touching, uh, but one person sitting, the other person lying. So anyway, he got calmer and calmer, and calmer and calmer, and he got so that he was just breathing quietly and at ease. And then we had to finish. It was time for me to go and. Uh, I, I invited him to remember that he could do this anytime. This wasn't something that I had done. It's him doing it by paying attention to his breathing. And he came out of, he came, he, we moved out of the meditation and he said a couple of beautiful words, which were, young man, this is the only thing anyone has shown me that works. The pain's still there, but I'm not troubled by it. That's not an uncommon story. I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to, to do that kind of thing very many times, but uh, Stephen Levine did it for years. And what happens is, and this was true in his case, he, he kept his medication reduced so he could be more conscious with his family as he died. And he did die rather soon thereafter. So this is, this is a, now of course, he, he still he can, continued to have the morphine pump and you know, used all the benefits of Western medicine but he was able to die much more consciously than uh, otherwise. And I, I guess I could mention also my, my friend, dear friend, uh, Ron Nato, uh, Ron Nato, MD of uh, uh, a very famous doctor here in town who asked, the, to, he asked two of the cancer docs up on the hill, OHSU, who he should see if he could, if he wanted to die consciously. And they both independently rec rec recommended me. And he came to meet, we, meet me and we hit it off. And for a year before he died, uh, we met and he meditated and he, and he was another one of those people uh, who um, um, opened and opened and opened it. And he became, uh, he, he would be fine with me talking about this. He, he, he gave lectures and traveled to Seattle and there's video of him as he, and he, he, he kept taking this message back to the, back to the medical world that uh, it's, it's possible to deal with pain 
through opening and opening and loving. He was a great, at, uh, he was already a great uh, emissary of love throughout his whole life, incredibly generous man. Um, uh, but uh, he, he, he just lit up at the end more and more. And so that's there for us. We just, we, but I think it, it behooves us to make the choice soon. Uh, I am observing a family now um, where they haven't made that choice and uh, where contraction is happening and more and more, no one can talk about death and no one can talk about the pain. And, and so everyone's getting more and more isolated and lonely. And it's really sad. So there, I didn't know I would talk about that this morning. Thank you, Patrick. I look over here because I've got another, I've got two screens and the one over here, Patrick, Patrick, that's such an interesting paint job, bold. The house, it's cool. Um, that, the, thank you for the, for the question because it, uh, it really opened up something good there. Well, we need to go soon. It's a little after eight. Anybody else with anything, please be bold. <laughs> I'm I'm out looking in screens two and three amongst the lurkers. <laughs> I see you there. Oh, Dave Mayer. Thank you, Dave. Dave is advertising my, my book on page three here. <laughs> Funny. It's everywhere. I see it on billboards. <laughs> hmm. Robert, this is Had. I want to request that someone get a copy of the book for the Barking Dog Library if it's not been done already. Uh, it's been done. It's on the way. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I have a box of 100 of them on the way. Robert, I think you'd be happy to know that you're 44,506 <clears throat> on the bestsellers on Amazon. 40. <laughs> <laughs> you mean <laughs> oh that's oh i'm competitive that's great <laughs> in the buddhism category you're number 275 wow that's hot funny i want to know how amazon is offering used copies they all when when people are done with them, they will put them up there, and you can. How can it be used? Oh, oh, oh! I don't know. <laughs> That's a very interesting question, actually. Well, maybe people read the first paragraph and said, "This is forget it." <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Who knows? I feel rather mirthful this morning. It's nice. Robert, I wanted to tell you something. 
Margaret. Hi. Margaret. I ordered the book through Powell's and Great. it was um, due to some problems with being on my online account. I actually spoke to per people on the phone and I just wanted to say that they were so kind um, and helped me figure out my password and get my online account going and they got my orders and they explained <laughs> if you order your book, you it takes longer to get it because it's coming from a further warehouse and so i ordered other things which come sooner because they have them and and you can decide where you want to pick them up and so they're it's they're working through a very difficult time and i love powell's it's just one of the things about portland that's so special so it was a really fun way to connect nice. with the business and so yeah mm. Thank you. I I really like uh, um, the interaction of how I purchase something is of importance to me. And then when I, if I've had a nice encounter with it, every time I encounter that object, I have the nice encounter in mind. I, I I'd, I'd always pay more to have a pleasant encounter than get the best deal and and not. So that's nice to hear about Powell's. Powell's City of Books. Imagine there's nobody in that store. It's weird, isn't it? Well, friends, anybody else got something else? You oh, there's Stephanie. Hi. I guess we'll sing this morning then for sure. Well, last call. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, unmute all. May all be happy. happy. May all be happy. Waiting this whole time to sing with you guys. <laughs> oh, yay. 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 Say bye. Good day, Stephanie. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone else have a good day, too. Bye, dear ones. What? Have a lovely day. Oh, sure. Happy trails to you until we meet again. <laughs> Goodbye, friends on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks for coming in. Bye. 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 Goodbye, Jim of the baritone voice. Drink water, everybody. Drink water, wash your hands. <laughs> Thank you, Tempest. I never drink enough water. I work at it and work at it, but it's uh, not enough. It's a full-time full job. <laughs> God, I need another full-time job. Bye-bye. <laughs>